0: Me catting across the NFL For the 49ers under Cap and Kell. Me catting across the NFL Trying not to notice the season's gone to hell
1: Welcome to the Frequency 49 show. I'm Paul MacDonald alongside Kev Naylan. Hello Kev. Hi Paul. Deepak is on his way to uh, Washington. In fact he'll actually be there by the time everyone's listening to this. He's uh, on his way to Washington DC to take part in the Marine Marathon. So best of luck with that one Deepak. Um, Hope you have a great race out there. It was another 49ers game, it was another 49ers loss. They took on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home, 34-17. Started out well again, story this season. And it all kind of fell apart again into the second half. Um, No points scored in the second or third quarter yet again by the San Francisco 49ers. Just another dismal performance really, wasn't it, Kev? Uh,
0: Unfortunately, yes, it was. Great first quarter. Bang up a 14 point lead. Everything's going great. And then all the wheels fall off again.
1: Yep. Yet again. Uh, another 100 yard rusher in Jaquiz Rogers, 154 in total. This, you know, it, it's just same story all over again, isn't it? The 49ers are now ranked the worst sports franchise. I'm, I'm taking it, it's this. This is professional sports franchises. But the worst professional sports franchise in all of North America by ESPN. Um, Not that we take much notice of what they have to say. We're going to have a little bit of a look at the stats um, as we go through the show, but I don't want to spend too much time on them. want to get to your comments on Facebook. James Little, hello James. Tory Smith is going to waste as we don't have a QB who can use him. As for Staley, if he goes... We can just blame the O-line for all our problems. The banner won't be enough. This is talking about the uh, the banner that's been funded to be flown over um, over the stadium for the game against the New Orleans Saints. The fans need to make Levi's even more empty than it is. Hit York in the only place I think it would bother him, his pocket. Interesting point that from James, isn't it, Kev? Because although we've seen the stadium half empty, the chances are all those seats have already been sold. If not this year, then from previous years, you know, with, with, with season tickets, it's not really going to hurt him in the pocket, is it? It doesn't look like it, no. Um, obviously, merchandise sales will be down,
0: but the actual ticket sales themselves, mm. I think on the whole, all of those were sold initially, and the ones have gone up for resale on um, secondary sites or plummeting to new depths of prices. Yeah. It's um, they're going down quicker than the pound is against the uh, dollar.
1: We, we've seen tickets um, going for as little as $20 in places. I don't know what the face value of those tickets are, but people are definitely taking a loss on what they've initially paid for these tickets. Just because you know, people don't want to go and see the 49ers anymore, which it's a horrible thing to say, but I can completely understand where they're coming from. To an extent,
0: yes, but still, it's frustrating because it's it's our team, and yeah, I've I've seen some rubbish football and other sports in the UK, and I've mm. gone because I'm still a fan. But it does get to the point where it's just like oh, not this rubbish again. Yeah, it's just like oh, yeah. just kill me.
1: We've um, we have heard in the couple of days since the game was played. Um, that as we come up to the trade deadline, November 1st, possibly the 49ers are trying to shop Tory Smith and Joe Staley. They're just clearing house, aren't they, really?
0: Yeah, if the last person out could kindly turn the lights off, that would be great. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, Getting rid of our most experienced players. It It is. Oh, I'll hark on about the point several times that... It does seem like the beginning of the plot from Major League where Rachel Phelps is trying to get the team to fail so she can move them to Florida.
1: Yeah, it's it's a horrible thought. A couple of people, uh, a couple of the listeners and members of the Frequency 49 show group page have actually sort of seen a positive or or seen an upside to actually getting rid of Joe Staley and getting rid of Tori Smith. Um, Steve Panda-Richardson, selling off the last two on-field leaders for this team, that'll work well. I can see the logic of getting high draft picks for them, but they're both parts we'll need to replace. I also kind of doubt anyone will give up a first-round pick, they're far too valuable. At the moment, we need around 30 first-round picks to build this team. Very good point by Steve. Would Would, would any teams be willing to give up first-round picks for... What are now veteran players with limited career spans left?
0: Not necessarily, no. Someone who's um, struggling for an offensive line might, might want to go in for um, Staley. Um, unfortunately, one of those teams that probably needs that position is the Seahawks. So that could be a nightmare scenario for us. Mm. He jogs up mm. the um, coast up to there. Wide receivers are a bit strange. Unless someone gets their, one of their major wide receivers injured, I can't necessarily see them jumping in for Torrey Smith.
1: Mm. Is it more likely, we know that he who shall not be named... In fact, I'm going to start calling him Voldemort from now on. Um, Voldemort in the front office. is He likes a trade, doesn't he? he? He likes to play around with draft picks and amass them. But do you think it's more likely that he would get rid of these two players and bring in, say, two second-round draft picks and then bundle the two second-round draft picks to get the first that he wants and then blow it on somebody that's got an ACL injury.
0: I don't think he's got the wit to be able to do something like that. It doesn't matter how many (laughs) draft picks we get. um, He's just not the person to be making the draft picks for us. Or making trades. He's proved time mm. and time again that he's not very good at it. We need a new GM. And then, if we've got these draft picks, then perhaps we can do something positive with them.
1: Yeah. Um, Andrew Ifold, it's a good idea. Um, the good players are going to waste on our rosters. If we can get a first-round pick for Staley, then why not? There has to be a player with a dodgy ACL out there that we can draft, which it's what we've just been saying there. Uh, thank you for that, Andrew. Um... Daryl Nils-Hanman, we are awful. We are so far away from being competitive that why not see what we can get for them both? If we can get a couple of draft picks over the next couple of years, then it's something that we need. We are years away from having a decent team and sending these two away puts puts us in a worse position right now. But who cares? It's not like we're going to the playoffs anyway. The higher draft picks we get, the better. Ranking happens more in basketball than football. But it has the feel where we are at the moment, so there's you know there's there's a couple of people in support of any possible trades for to see Joe Staley leave and to see uh Tory Smith leave. The worry is that we're gonna be left without virtually any leadership on the field from that point, aren't we <laughs> um yes, we are um but To be honest, it doesn't look
0: like we've got a lot of leadership out on the field at the moment anyway.
1: Mm, mm. We
0: wouldn't keep falling to pieces the way we are if we had that kind of leadership out on the field. And it's been noticeably different since Bowman got injured.
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, Well, the stats that Mark Lyons sent us, he's actually highlighted one of those. Uh, Let me see if I can find it now. Yeah, In the 219 minutes that Bowman played this season the Niners allowed 4.1 yards per carry, two rushing touchdowns and two runs of 20 yards or more. In the 201 minutes that Bowman hasn't played, the Niners have allowed 5.9 yards per carry, so a little bit more per carry, eight rushing touchdowns, four times as much, and nine runs of 20 yards or more. Again, four times as much. So that there highlights again you know we were highlighting how important bowman is to the team last week again we're highlighting this week how important bowman is and how important the loss of bowman is to this 49ers team if if he ever regains the fitness level that he needs to play in the NFL after tearing his Achilles do you think he'd ever come back to the niners i mean what is the situation with his contract i don't know unfortunately um, what I will say is he's going to struggle
0: to come back from that kind of injury. Yeah. And if he does come back from that kind of injury, does he want to be carrying the rest of a team that doesn't seem to know what the hell they're doing? I mean, one of his fellow defensive players um, still appears to be taking vast amounts of hallucinogenic drugs because Aaron <laughs> Lynch seems to think that we are the best team in the NFC. Um, didn't he say the best in the NFL NFC, NFC is stretching it let alone NFL <laughs> yeah.
1: I don't think we're the best American football team in San, uh, San Francisco right now well we're not in San Francisco are we we're... you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> when was that ever stop me yes um, Yes.
0: <laughs> honestly I don't know what team he's been watching for these seven weeks um, perhaps if he'd have said that after the LA game it might have had it a smidgen of um, truth to it, but after yeah. the last six weeks of crushing defeat after crushing defeat, um, yes, I definitely think that the um, testers need to come back in. <laughs>
1: uh, it, it, it's impossible to explain where these kind of comments come from, doesn't it? Let's, let's go back and uh, have a look at the game. Um, oh,
0: no, let's not. No,
1: no. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to have a look at some of the stats at least. It was a 34-17 defeat, as we've said. Uh, the 49ers went out to a 14-point lead before, as you said, all the wheels fell off. Kaepernick was 16-34 to for 143 yards, one touchdown, one interception. 143 yards in the air is absolutely ridiculous. Rushing-wise, he was the leading rusher again. More than double... What our running backs, or what our leading running back had, um, Kaepernick was nine for eighty-four yards. Harris was eleven for thirty-nine yards. That that's an issue, isn't it? When the quarterback is not only your leading rusher, but has doubled the yards on the ground that your leading running back actually has.
0: It is very much an issue, and yes, some of this is showing his strength as an ability to be able to scramble. Mm. But it's saying that that's the only way we can actually get rushing yards is scrambling. Because we're not even being able to punch holes through and get proper rushes to get through the D-line and out into the yeah. field.
1: Is, is this Kaepernick showing that he has no confidence in the running backs? Or is it Chip Kelly showing he has no confidence in the running backs? Who's making the decision for Kaepernick to be running these uh, running these plays?
0: Well, where he's running, I think it's a decision of, uh, I can't find my primary target. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, oh no, there's a gap there, I'll run. I don't think there's necessarily a plan of, yes, we're going to have a rush from the quarterback, because having that as a regular play... Is, is just lunacy. Yeah. Um. I think it's a case of he's not got confidence necessarily in all of the people he's going to be throwing the ball to. Cause yeah. Our tight ends couldn't catch a cold. They've got they they drop more balls than a
1: oh, bulky gots pants. <laughs> we need a bulky bleep in there. I think. <laughs> so. It, are you saying it, it's more that he hasn't got confidence in his receiving core than he hasn't got confidence in his rushing core? It would appear that
0: way because mm. there are still being plays brought in to rush. Um, yeah, normally on third and eight or something stupid yeah. like that. Um, yeah. But no, he's, he, we're sending in enough plays for the rush. They're not necessarily getting the yards needed. And then we're at the place where we've got a third and long, he's going to, he's going downfield, his primary target's not there, he can't find his secondary target, he suddenly sees a gap, he runs. So then they're not necessarily planned plays and that's partly after his primary target's gone and he's looking for his secondary and he's then thinking, yeah, can they actually catch the ball?
1: We do have a little something to celebrate. Uh, Mike Davis had his first career rushing touchdown, and Sean Drone had his first career receiving touchdown in the game. Uh, so there's two little sort of little bits of silver lining on the cloud that is the San Francisco 49ers this season. And
0: to be and to be fair, um, Sean Drone's TD was all round very good play. Um, it was a blown target, but Kaepernick rolled out held on to the ball put a perfect ball on the run into the front corner of the uh, end zone drawn caught it made sure he got both feet in bounds which the position he was in the person behind him as a, a great catch and a great in bounds so that play as a yeah. whole showed that we've got the ability to do this kind of thing which makes which is what makes the rest of it so frustrating
1: yeah yeah 49ers were 2 of 3 Uh, In red zone efficiency, a 67% um, success rate, which sounds great, 67%, but when you're only getting into the red zone three times in a game, not so great. Time of possession, again, an issue, 26 minutes to 34 minutes. Um, Total number of first downs in the game was 20. So, again, it's not good. Um, Another stat for you, under Harbour, the Niners allowed no runs of 40 yards or more in four years. They allowed four under Tom Sula in one season. And so far this season, they've allowed four under Chip Kelly in, what, seven games. So we uh, our defence, as we know, as we well know, is decimated. Let's, uh, let's get back to some of the comments from our listeners on Facebook. Um, Nathaniel James, if I was living in Santa Clara right now, I wouldn't bother attending the games at Levi. I think the Yorks need to understand that changes need to happen. I'm with Lisa, bring back Eddie DiBartolo to own or manage the team. Uh, that's uh, Lisa DiBartolo, Eddie's daughter, who has not so much expressed her opinion, but she was presented with a picture of a hat saying something like, Eddie, um, bring Eddie back, and she put absolutely or something like that. Um, Andrew Mitchell the fact is the 49ers is a business and unfortunately as Jed owns the business it's hard to remove him eventually it will be the NFL that will be the ones to tell Jed to go does the NFL have that power to actually remove an owner
0: they do under certain circumstances and I can't see those circumstances actually being in place for the 49ers because it's um, there's a number of other pieces around um dodgy dealings and jail time that kind of stuff that can get you bored as being an owner
1: yeah Um, so they can't make the decision purely from a business point of view
0: not as far as i'm aware
1: martin hughes uh i'm looking forward to this week it'll be a great time to be a niner fan we won't lose (laughs) always looking on the bright side martin thanks for that one um we are in a bye week now, um, so there is no uh, 49ers game this weekend, which is, I think we can all sort of breathe a sigh of relief, can't we? We can't actually lose this week.
0: We'll give it a damn good go. We? <laughs> <laughs> we've,
1: we've been joking all week that we're nine and a half points underdogs to the, uh, to the bye week, but... It's we're sort of right smack bang in the middle of the season now, aren't we? This bye week comes along at week eight. It's going to give the 49ers a time to regroup, to reassess. The trade deadline comes in, what, five days, I think it is, from when we're recording. So by the time the 49ers come back in week nine, our roster could well look different. Whether we've brought people in, or whether we've got rid of personnel. I say personnel because I'm not just keeping it to the playing personnel. Um, Voldemort needs to go, by the way. (laughs) But, yeah, is there anything that can be done in this bye-week period to try try and salvage something from the season? We're never going to turn the season around with the player personnel that we've got and um, we're not going to be able to bring in enough player personnel to make a huge difference. But can we at least salvage something? Can we at least salvage, say, another three wins from the rest of the season with what we've got in place now and what we can possibly bring in? Or is the rot, you know, is, is there too much damage already done and we're just biding time now?
0: It's difficult to see how we can bring in anybody within free agency before the mm. deadline that actually wants to come and play for the car crash that is our season. Um, to be honest, this is what the coaches get paid for. It's if they can't instill something into the players to raise the level of performance then honestly what are we paying them for? Uh, you've got They've got a two week period to regroup. So many things that can be worked on but it's just we don't appear to have that coaching all the way through every level that appears to be making us any better. It seems to be making us worse.
1: Would a change in coaching, in coaching personnel maybe help the situation? We've tried the Chip Kelly experiments. We've given it half a season. And yes, if, if he's sacked, it costs us a fortune. But, you know, how, how far do you take it? do you think which Chip Kelly is going to see out the season or can you see changes being made there before before we get to the end of the season
0: I think he will make it to the end of the season yeah. there are certain other coaches that could do with going mm-hmm. whether doing that mid-season will make that much of a difference I'm not sure but the look on Chip's face during the game it's getting worse game by game it's like yeah. He's like a man on death row and it's getting nearer and nearer to being his turn. He just has that permanent hangdog look on his face. Um as if he can't do anything about it, which makes you wonder just what's going on elsewhere off field.
1: Yeah, yeah. Right. I think uh, I think we've bashed the 49ers enough again this week. <laughs> it seems to be all we do lately, isn't it? Um, Shall we take a look at the pick six and see how things are going there?
0: Yes, let's take a look at the pick six. So we'll flick back to the week seven results. And before the late night game on Sunday, it did look like we got the possibility for somebody to get a pick six and somebody else is going to get a bagel. Because Kevin Williams had five out of five for the first games. And he got the Seahawks in the last game. And I got zero out of five for the first five games. And I had it as a tie.
1: And then what happens? It's actually a tie. It was a tie. You picked it. You called it. Very well done on that one. Uh, just something for you on that one, Kev. Mm-hmm. Since the merger, there's been 3 six, six ties in the NFL. And all three of them have involved the Cardinals.
0: That doesn't surprise me at all. Because Cardinals... They've had the second most ties in history, yeah. and they've had a spell of quite low scoring games, yeah, forever, really, and mm. their offence has only come to life the last few seasons properly, so yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. So, after the fallout of that game, we had one winner on five, and that was Kevin Williams, that's at least his second week where he's been leader or joint leader. Mm. Um, had a whole host of people on four, including um, Deepak. Then Brian and yourself scored three, and the tie saved me from the bagel, and I got a grand total of one this week. Uh, I couldn't believe it when I got up on uh, Monday morning. It's like, oh my God, yes, I saved myself.
1: Overall, didn't you pick? Didn't you pick two ties this week? I did. Well, you. Yeah, but one of them obviously wasn't.
0: Yes, the um, I'd pick the Rams and Giants. That's right, yeah. Anyway, overall, David Foster still leads the way on 28. He's our point ahead of Mark Leon. Another point behind to Mark Caunt. And then a point back, it's Andrew Eiffel, Daryl Niels handman Kevin Williams and Martin Hughes all on 25. So there's little steps gaining there at the top. Brian's <laughs> on 24, you're on 22... Deepak's on 20 and I'm down on 18 and there are still a couple of people behind me who have played every week. Moving on to week eight. So as we're recording Wednesday night, the games have just gone up on the um, Facebook site. The six games that we've picked this week, we've picked the International Series game, the Redskins at the Bengals. We've got two early kickoffs then, Cardinals at the Panthers and the Pats at the Bills. Uh, One... Late evening game of Chargers at the Broncos, the late night game of the Eagles at the Cowboys, and the Monday night game of the Vikings at the Bears. The last four of them all being divisional games. So we'll move on to game one. Um, And I'm going to be doing my picks on the fly because I haven't even looked at them properly yet. So, Paul, the Redskins at the Bengals.
1: Okay, this is the. This is the last of the International Series games, isn't it? It's at Wembley. Uh, 9.30 in the morning kickoff. That's uh, Eastern time. That's Eastern time. Yeah. So what's that going to be in California? It's going to be 6.30, 6.30 in the morning. Yeah. What? Who's going to get up at 6.30 in the morning in California to watch the Washington Redskins take on the Cincinnati Bengals? Uh, Washington are 4-3. and three. Interesting their division. Uh, NFC East for a long time was known as the NFC Least, wasn't it? Yet all of their teams are on winning records right now. Yep, Um, They've they've got the best
0: overall divisional record at the minute.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, Four and three versus Cincinnati Bengals, three and four. It's in Cincinnati Redskins, I think.
0: (laughs) Okay, I'd just like to point out, it's not in Cincinnati. They may be the home team, but it's in London.
1: Okay. (laughs) 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 <laughs> Still the Redskins. Yep.
0: Okay. I'm gonna go with the Redskins. I think that the Redskins are gonna get massive support in Wembley. There are a lot of Redskins fans in the UK harking back to the eighties. Um I think it will feel more like a Redskins home game. And they've been playing quite well this season. It's only a really good last minute drive by the Lions at the weekend that Preventing them going five and two. So I'm going to pick the Redskins as well, Paul.
1: You're doomed. Yeah, that's it. That's a nail in the coffin. <laughs> uh, so game two, Cardinals at the Panthers. Mm, Cardinals coming off the back of their draw against Seattle. Uh, the Panthers are doing absolutely diabolical. Um, Cardinals, I think, I think it's a Cardinals win. I can't see the Carolina Panthers sort of resurrecting their season right now. They're 1-5, and bottom their division. Yeah, go with the Cardinals win, I think.
0: Uh, And again, Paul, you're not going to like this. I've gone for the Cardinals win as well. (laughs) No! Uh. Game three, the Patriots at the
1: Bills. Mm. Mmm. This is an interesting one. Um, Bills beat us, of course, but that means nothing really, does it? Um... I think we'll go with a New England Patriots win on that one.
0: <laughs> yeah, again, I've gone with the same one. going for the Patriots. They will want revenge because the Bills stuffed them, kept them to a donut in their own stadium just a few weeks ago. Um, Patriots on the road are going to want big-time revenge for that one.
1: They are 1-2 and two in their division. Um, Patriots have a two-game lead on the Bills. So, yeah, I think... Uh... As you say, it's it wasn't so much a fluke, was it, when the Bills beat the Patriots? Because you know were they on something like their forty seventh backup quarterback at the time? Um, but yes, with them, um, I can definitely see the Patriots absolutely stomping a mud hole in Buffalo.
0: Okay, game four, the Chargers at the Broncos.
1: Charges at Broncos. Uh, The Chargers are bottom of their division. The Broncos are second in their division. It's in mile high. Um, Interestingly, actually, San Diego lead on total yards per game and passing yards per game over the Denver Broncos. Um, But I think in mile high, the Broncos are going to win with the home field advantage.
0: Okay. So this is my tie of the week. And the Chargers have been... Until they lost to the Raiders where they were behind all the way through the fourth quarter, but they had a chance to get a score, they were leading within the last two minutes of every game they played this season. Then at the weekend they finally went to overtime where um, the Falcons decided to run it at at fourth and one in their own half and pretty much gave them the game. Um, They've been getting closer and closer to that tie, so I think this is the week they're now going to pick up the baton from the Cardinals and the Chargers and the Broncos are going to tie Game 5, the late
1: night game it's the Eagles at the Cowboys Mm, I don't want to pick a winner from either of these I really don't 1st and 2nd in their division where is it? the game is in Dallas isn't it? yep so Dallas are going to have home field advantage. Um, it's the
0: battle of the rookie quarterbacks.
1: Yes, Dak Prescott and Carson. They've both been doing all right, actually, haven't they? They've um, Dak Prescott's definitely impressed down in Dallas. Romo has been um, throwing passes in practice for the first time since fracturing his back. Whether he can get back into the squad, I don't know, but that doesn't matter because they're not our team, so we don't care. Um, I'm going to go with a Dallas win begrudgingly.
0: As I've... Mentioned previous times, I cannot pick the Cowboys. <laughs> so I'm going for the Eagles.
1: That's fair enough, and I can completely understand. And then last game is the Monday night game of the Vikings at the Bears. Mm, now, this one's in Chicago, but Chicago are currently 1-6, and six, and the Vikings are, what, they're 5-1. and one. This is going to be a walkover, I think. Minnesota win. Yep,
0: yeah, the Bears are atrocious at home. Um,
1: as opposed to the Forty ers who are just atrocious everywhere.
0: Yeah, uh, the Bears are trying to keep up with us in the losing stakes, um, and we're just neck and neck now behind the Browns. But and I can see that carrying on as the uh, Vikings will um,
1: make mincemeat of the Bears. It's going to be an interesting batch of games then. Yeah, well, four, oh, yeah, four yeah.
0: divisional games, so they're always it. they always add a bit of extra spice. So.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see which games everyone watches or is it just going to be Red Zone because there is is no torture for us to watch this week.
0: No, Um, Red Zone might get a bit boring late night because there's only two games in the uh, late evening slot this week.
1: Yeah, so uh, certainly for the early games anyway. Yep. Um, We will have a game day thread up and running as usual for this weekend's games. Um, We'll have it running early on Sunday so that it's up in time for the last of the International Series games, Washington against Cincinnati down at Wembley, because it's not in Cincinnati, of course. My little mistake there before, because I'm not awake. <sighs> um, but yeah, so everybody get onto the game day thread and uh, let us know what you think of the games. And we, we won't have a 49 Nineers bashing thread this, this time this week. It's, um, it'll be a slight relief, won't it?
0: Yeah, we'll have a nice preview next week, yes.
1: Yes, we will indeed. Uh, well, that is it for this episode of the show. Thanks to AudioNautics.com for the music. Thanks to Rob Newell, James Little, Mark Line, Kev Nail, Andrew Mitchell, Kat Victorino, Gavin Sutton and Graham Ross for all the work they do behind the scenes on the group and on the show. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Frequency49 and on Facebook, search The Frequency49 Show. It is time to say goodbye, Kev. Goodbye, Kev. On behalf of Kev and, uh, and myself, I've been Paul McDonald. You've been the audience and this has been the Frequency 49 show. Bye for now.